0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 86 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm recapping my first mock draft since the NFL draft. Before we get into today's episode, though, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TC Kipotters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get All right, y'all, I'm excited for today's episode, the first mock draft since the NFL draft. We're going to be using the Draft Wizard via Fantasy Pros. I will get through the specs in just a second, but if you would like to find us outside of the podcast, please give us a like and a follow on Instagram at TCKPod_FantasyFootball, underscore fantasy football, on Twitter at TCK_Pod, underscore pod, Facebook at the Candlestick Kids fantasy podcast page, or drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com and of course please leave a rating and review here on the podcast it really does help to get all of your feedback but let's get into it here first mock draft in a few weeks I am actually going to do something a little bit different. Most podcasts do the mock drafts live. We've definitely done them like that on this podcast. I like to do those when I'm with somebody else because it's nice to talk through them, see what each other's thinking, and have that. When I do them by myself, though, I've actually started to enjoy doing the mock draft on my own time as I would, you know, anyway, do my best, of course, and then recap it after the fact. So I think I'm going to start doing that with my own podcast when I'm by myself, uh, when Daniel and Curly or another guest aren't with me, I think that's going to bring more value to the mock draft itself. Of course, I can mock draft all day and talk you through my thoughts very quickly, but sometimes there's a time clock. Sometimes I don't think of everything in the moment. What I wanted to do today and moving forward with these mock drafts when I'm solo is go through my mock draft, see how my team turns out as I would draft it anyway, then go back and really look into what I can deliver as value for these players. Of course, I drafted these players because I already like them. I like the value. I, I, you know, I'm drafting my team as if I was drafting for real. So I have a lot of these things already built into play when I'm making my decisions, but it's more valuable to you if I go through and I go back a little bit and re uh, discuss my team with stats and and things like that, that you can um, pitch in with. So That's what we're going to do today. I'm going to get through uh, the first mock draft here uh, since the NFL draft. So all the rookies are in place. Free agency, for the most part, is dealt with. Trades have been dealt with. So we are going to get into this. I'm using the uh, draft wizard, which we love here through fantasy pros, as I mentioned, I highly recommend using this tool. It is free. You can upgrade for all sorts of dope shit, but for free, you can at least draft a team, uh, any way you want. You can move all the settings. We've been over this a bunch, but if you are unaware, you can go through the, all the settings. You can do standard PPR dynasty, any of that. You can move around how many teams, uh, positions, um, anything you want really on this, you can upgrade to include keepers, uh, which is very, very valuable. Of course, if you're in keeper leagues, uh, all these sorts of things. So highly recommend the uh, Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard. We are not sponsored uh, yet anyway, maybe someday, but I just like the tool and I think it would bring you value. So without any further ado, let's get into this. I am using a, let's see, a 12-team full PPR setting for this draft, and I am randomly selecting my draft order, and I got pick number three, which I happen to love this year in general. Um, I am really in the mindset of getting one of the top three to four stud running backs, any order of uh, Saquon Zeke, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Um, I would like to do that and then turn around in the first round, grab you know another good running back or receiver up in that area, and then flip right back into the third round and grab basically another top receiver or running back or one of those dope tight ends if you're into that top three tight ends, if that's your flow and they're um, available in the third round. So I really like the third round position, third pick position, excuse me. So uh, let's get into it here. I'm using one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, two flex positions. I'm using two flex positions. I've been doing that more often and I like that just opens up the gate a little bit more. One defense, one kicker and seven bench. So we have a big team here, a deep roster. Let's start it up and I will give you my final draft board. Like I said, this draft is already dealt with. So I am not picking currently I've already picked and I'm just going to run through my picks here and, and run it down in this pick. Todd Gurley went first, which I'm very surprised with. Now, this is based on ECR, the expert consensus rating, uh, ranking, which I'm going to go over and the ADP I wrote down as well, which is the average draft position through the public. But Todd Gurley went number one here. I don't think that's going to be the case moving forward. Of course, everybody knows about his arthritis in his knee. He is falling in draft boards. I think he's down to number eight, uh, on the, uh, ECR. Um, certainly, you know, down there for in my board. So I don't think this is going to happen moving forward, but nonetheless, in this draft, he did fall to, or he went number one, excuse me, Saquon Barkley, no surprise there, went number two, who I think will probably go one in most drafts, but I was the number three pick, and the third pick uh, off the board, my first pick was Zeke Elliott, Um, he is my first pick, he's the running back number one in ADP right now, and he's the first overall pick in ADP, and he's the number two pick for ECR Right now, expert consensus ranking actually have him and Christian McCaffrey, believe it or not, tied for number one uh, in PPR, and then Saquon behind those two. Uh, frankly, for Zeke, he's my number one overall running back. Zeke led the league in rushing attempts and rushing yards with 1,400-plus last year in 15 games, uh, but he only had six touchdowns. He was better once uh, Mari Cooper got into Dallas in week nine, and he increases. Workload in the passing game with 95 targets. At the third pick, I was, A, shocked to have Zeke because, again, I thought he would go one and two with uh, Saquon, but Gurley went in front of them. But I was also very excited because, again, he's my number one back heading into 2019, and I will be picking him in the in the top two picks for sure. But uh, I was stoked to get Zeke. He's my number one guy, and uh, he's a beast. Can't go wrong there. Heading back the rest of the way, uh, we had all sorts. I'm not going to go through all the picks, but McCaffrey, Camara, DeAndre, Hopkins, uh, OBJ came off the board with the next couple of picks. Circled all the way back around. Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz went in the middle to upper part of the second round, which I thought was um, just interesting how this is going to play out. So um, I went and had Dalvin Cook was my second round pick. He is the RB11 right now in ADP, going in round two at number five. That's about where I got him. Um, I got him a little bit after that, actually. So he's ECR number 11. He's my running back nine. And he's between Joe Mixon and David Johnson for me. And this is purely based on upside. If he holds up and the Vikings continue to run a focused... um, and a run focused offense, I should say. Uh, they had the final weeks of the season. Then I feel that Dalvin Cook can be a top eight running back, and he's great in the passing game too. So he adds in the PPR value. I love Dalvin Cook. Um, ECR has him at at number eleven. I've got him at number nine. I think that he's a a great pick there. I know that Zeke is as steady as they come. So I wasn't worried about that. I thought I could take a risk on a high huge really upside player there. Um, And a bunch of the other backs that came off, David Johnson, Lev, Gordon, Connor, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack, Sonny, Michelle, then Dalvin cook. So I was actually pretty stoked to get him. Um, I looked ahead and I still had Damian Williams, Devonta Freeman, uh, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs available, but in the second round I didn't want to take any of those guys. I thought Dalvin Cook was worthy of that, and I still had big receivers available. I had T.Y. Hilton. Uh, uh, let's see, Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill did go in this draft because the computer's simulating, but of course he won't be if uh, if he's gone. And then in the third round I picked Mike William or Mike Williams, Mike Evans, which I loved this pick as well. Uh, I was very very stoked on this draft in general, and I will uh, go over my grade. Later on, once I finish up, but um, spoiler alert, it was, it was very, very good. I was extremely excited with the values that I got in this draft. And these next two picks are my favorite two picks of the entire draft. Mike Evans, he's the ADP wide receiver eight and uh, ECR number eight. And he's my wide receiver six uh, between Juju and uh, Odell Beckham. Uh, Evans has a ridiculous 11 yards per target. 11 yards per target in 2018. He was just the third receiver in the last 10 years to do that, which is pretty incredible, obviously. He had eight games with at least 100 yards and a career high with a uh, yards per reception of 17.7 yards. So, a career high there. Evans could land as a top five wide right receiver in my position if all things land well. And if Jameis Winston he can be on the same page and they can link well with Bruce Arians now coming into town in Tampa Bay. Of course, Jameis has hit or miss in the last couple of years. Actually, uh, Mike Evans did a lot of his damage with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year of course as well but I really really like this offense in general Chris Godwin's going to take a bump and he's he's everybody's kind of darling in those middle rounds and rightfully so but let's not forget about Mike Evans who's you know one of the most talented wide receivers in the entire NFL I love him uh very very much and uh, just before that like I mentioned TY and Antonio Brown were taken already Keenan Allen AJ Green uh were Available, But I like Mike Evans and that upside. So I went with him. Something interesting to note here is Hunter Henry in this draft. Again, this is based on ECR and the computer simulating the draft at this particular time. In this draft, Hunter Henry went the second pick of the third round ahead of George Kittle. So it went Kelsey and Ertz and then Hunter Henry, and then George Kittle. So just something interesting. Uh, ECR in general has George Kittle rated higher than Hunter Henry, but I think this is something interesting to monitor moving forward to see that uh, Kelsey is far and away number one, but Ertz and Kittle, to me, are quick number two and three. But Hunter Henry is right up there, too. Let's not forget about him. He missed last year, of course, and he missed a chunk of the year before as well, but um, Phillip Rivers loves that tight end, and, and I like Hunter Henry a lot. He's my number four tight end and so we circle around the third round as i mentioned that all you know the top 4 tight ends are off so i'm going to wait quite a while for that uh, wide receivers, I got Mike Evans, as I mentioned. Circling all the way back around, a ton of picks. Quarterback started to go. Mahomes went with the last pick in the third round. And then the fourth pick in the fourth round was Deshaun Watson. And the seventh pick in the fourth round was Andrew Luck. Coming back my way, falling into my plate, I think, at a huge value, was Leonard Fournette. He is really my favorite pick of this entire mock draft. Um, he is the ECR 13 running back ADP 14 running back and going right now on general ADP average draft position, which you can look up on fantasyfootballcalculator.com 3.2. So the second round or excuse me, the second pick of the third round is where Leonard Fournette is going. Generally, I got him at the end of the fourth round, which is insane. So I had to scoop him for sure. Picked up Leonard Fournette. He's my favorite pick of this mock draft, as I mentioned, and he has a uh, league winning capabilities this late in the draft, which I think is ridiculous. I'm not going to get him here probably ever again, but I had to steal him in this mock, but he has league winning potential here. If he falls in the fourth round for sure. Um, he's my running back number 14 between Le'Veon Bell and carry on Johnson. I love his workload and potential and beast mode ability, but doesn't offer much in the passing game, or I would have him higher up in the, you know, maybe top 10 or so if he gets in that, uh, in the, Passing him a little bit more, but so far, not so much. I'll go over my rankings in another episode, but I've got him in between Le'Veon Bell and Kerryon Johnson for reference. And he is not reliable to play a full season. Of course, he's already missed a significant amount of work in the last two seasons. Uh, I will take 10 games, uh, 10 to 12 games of Leonard Fournette over most players, full 16. So when he's on the field, he has the potential to win your week. To get him in the fourth round was a steal. I've got Zeke, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette, all top 14 running backs for me uh, in my rankings, uh, coupled with Mike Evans. Very, very stoked with this team so far. Let's move on to the fifth round, circling back really quick. DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, and Jared Cook went off the board, and then it was my pick again. I went with another receiver here. I went with Cooper Cup. Some other wide receivers that I was considering maybe in this area were Chris Godwin, Alshon Jeffrey potentially, Sammy Watkins maybe. Uh, Sammy Watkins went at the end of the fifth round in this draft. If Tyreek Hill is for sure out, which he seems to be, we'll, we'll fill you in as that goes on. Sammy Watkins, I think, will be closer to a fourth, maybe even a third-round pick once Tyreek Hill is, is for sure dealt with. Um, so that was a surprise there. If uh, if we know that that's the case, I might take a shot on Sammy Watkins. But I kind of like him maybe in the fifth round, sixth round, as, as there is definitely some um, injury uh, concern there, obviously. And he's very, very talented still, but there's no sure thing that he's going to be able to replicate what Tyreek Hill did, obviously. So I went with Cooper Cup, like Cooper Cup a lot. He's my wide receiver fourteen between Keenan Allen and uh, Adam Thielen, and he's actually my top Rams receiver. So this uh, you know this goes around every you know the last couple of seasons. Everyone talks about Thielen and Diggs. Who do you want? They also talk about the Rams receivers preseason. Who do you want? Uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, or Jared um, uh, Jared Cook. Sorry, Um, Cooks. My bad. Brandon Cooks. Uh, and I actually like um, Cup first. Uh, Goff and Cup are BFFs, as we mentioned multiple times on this podcast. And Cup was on pace last year before his injury. If you uh, put his numbers out, to he got hurt in week eight. But if you extrapolate all the way out, 16 games a full season, he was on pace for 80 receptions, 1,132 uh, 1, yards and 12 touchdowns before his injury. Uh, he would have doubled. He would have doubled Woods and Cooks' touchdowns and been similar in catches and yards. And of course, Woods and Cup uh, and Cooks numbers would have gone down a little bit with Cup in the mix as well. Um Josh Reynolds, of course, got some work last year. The uh you know, TCK Pod Darling, if you will. Um, but other than the injury concern and recovery uh for Cooper Cup, he's really my favorite um for the Rams, definitely, and one of my favorites in general, uh, for the value. So He's my wide receiver, 14. Uh, He's ECR number 19. I think a lot of that has to do with just the injury and seeing what happens. And ADP has him in the uh, back of the fourth round as well. So I got him in the front of the first or in the fifth round. So definitely got some value there for Cooper Cup. And I'm feeling really good about my top five picks. Zeke Dalvin Cook, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, and Cooper Cup. Let's get into my sixth round pick here. We went all the way around, coming back. A bunch of receivers go off the board. Um, Looks like uh, O.J. Howard went off the board for tight end. I hadn't had a tight end yet. Um, A bunch of receivers and running backs had still gone. So a couple names I was looking at at this point of my uh, draft. Mike Williams went and Will Fuller. Will Fuller and Mike Williams were two names that I wanted to grab at this point, but they were taken Um, just let's see one, two, three picks before me for Mike Williams and six picks before me with Will Fuller, which was disappointing. I really wanted to get one of those two guys. I love them both. I'll get into them both at another time on the podcast, but I love Mike Williams. I think he's actually going to outpace Keenan Allen spoiler alert and Will Fuller. If he stays healthy, I think can be a uh, wide receiver one actually, but nonetheless, they were gone. Aaron Rodgers went off the board now. So this is one, two, three, four quarterbacks have gone off the board. I have two great, uh, receivers in my opinion, and I have three great running backs. In my opinion, don't want a tight end yet as most of the big ones are off the board. So I'm looking at quarterback and I could go Baker could go. Russell could go Jameis. I decided to go with Baker Mayfield. He's my dog. Of course, there's a lot of hype around him with Odell Beckham coming into town, teaming up and what he did last year down the stretch. He's a beast. Um, and I made multiple, uh, Mentions in the podcast that um, in our league of record that uh, Curly Daniel and myself are in, I actually we play a, a keeper league and I actually drafted him in the 17th round with my very last pick last year uh, to back up Aaron Rodgers. So I will probably if, if nothing happens over the offseason, I will probably be keeping Baker Mayfield as my starting quarterback in the 17th round in that league He's my QB6 going in. He's ECR QB5, and he's ADP QB4. So I actually have him the lowest out of ADP and ECR, so I was really stoked on that. Um, He's going in the fifth round in uh, ADP right now. I got him in the back of the sixth, so I was really stoked on that. And. Um, Baker Mayfield, you know, like I said, I was considering, you know, Wilson, Winston, Goff, uh, breeze, even breeze, probably ahead of those guys uh, as my uh, rankings actually have breeze, Wilson, Winston, and Goff in that order. Um, but I wanted the potential of the upside for Baker. And I actually already planned to take another high upside quarterback late in the draft, just in case Baker doesn't work out somehow, which I will get to later on. But that's my strategy kind of always, especially in these bigger leagues, grab a quarterback, in the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, depending on the value and who's there and stuff and my rankings, and then automatically grab a uh, late round QB who might be a streamer, but he's a, a buy filling guy. Um, but I'll get to him later on. Uh, but it was, it was a great scoop and I'm really, really stoked how my uh, quarterbacks paired up there. Let's move on to the seventh round pick. And at this point, carry on Johnson, Chris, uh, Carson, Russell Wilson and Jameis went off the board. So if I didn't pick Baker Mayfield, there's a chance I would not have gotten him because he may have been picked in those next four picks. Uh, well, I didn't want to risk that as two quarterbacks did go off the board. So I grabbed him there. Carryon Johnson, I was actually looking forward to possibly coming back around or Chris Carson. Both of them actually got picked as well. So I'm looking at the beginning of the seventh round and um, not a lot of studs at the wide receiver position. I do only have two wide receivers, but I can find value later in the drafts. And running backs, I'm pretty dialed at running backs for for um, you know quite a while unless I find some value. Right now, I wasn't with the running backs in the seventh round, so I decided to go with my tight end, and I'm looking at Evan Ingram, Eric Ebron, uh, David Njoku, and I pulled the trigger on Evan Ingram. I'm not a super huge fan of Evan Ingram in general. Of course, he broke out two years ago. As a rookie. Um, And then last year, he really kind of, uh, I mean, the whole Giants team outside of Saquon and and Odell uh, from time to time really um, hit the wall last year. But I think a lot of that was just shitty team management and play calling. I don't think it really had anything to do with Evan Ingram, but we did notice uh, that he was terribly inefficient last year. So I was a little concerned about that. However, again, Um, much like my quarterback, a lot of times I take a tight end in the early to middle rounds and then maybe grab a backup if I need to later on, but I'm with Evan Ingram and he is my tight end five. He is ECR tight end six and ADP tight end six got value from him as well. He's usually going in the sixth round. I got him in the seventh. Um, he is, let's see, after the big three and Hunter Henry, I have Uh, Evan Ingram. So I felt good about that. He averaged just 36.7 yards per game with Odell Beckham on the field in 2018. So under 40 yards per game with Odell on the field. After Odell went down for the final four games, Evan Ingram doubled his output and averaged 80 yards per game, which is obviously, I mean, that's eight points right away from your, from your tight end which is awesome in standard leagues alone. In PPR leagues, if he's getting three, four, five, six catches a game, you're talking 10 to 14 points, not including touchdowns. Evan Ingram does have that touchdown upside, of course, with Odell gone now uh, out of the Giants camp. So feeling really good about this. He, He actually performs much better without Odell on the field. In 2017, Evan Ingram totaled 722 yards and 6 touchdowns after Odell broke his leg in week 4. So again, Odell is gone, he's in Cleveland of course, but I'm just making a case that Evan Ingram is actually better on the field without Odell Beckham and I think that he will uh he will be a prime target for Eli Manning um with Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, but I really like uh Evan Ingram for sure and you know, if he doesn't work out, there's a lot of tight ends to stream that have similar stability but Evan Ingram definitely has that upside that we saw two years ago next pick circling all the way back around we had a bunch of receivers and actually uh his teammates go right after him so Evan Ingram I took him in the seventh round right after that was Golden Tate immediately after that was Sterling Shepard so three Giants in a row then we had um Marvin Jones and then Eric Ebron goes off as well um and then a bunch of other receivers uh, running backs, Cam Newton finally went, uh, Nikhil Harry went at the back of the seventh round. I was actually going to target him in like the eighth, ninth round, but I learned in this draft that, uh, I might have to be a little more, a little more aggressive in Nikhil Harry. Um, if I want to do that in a PPR league, uh, I think it's going to be Edelman's team for at least one more year as far as the bulk of the work. But, um, we've seen what, what, uh, the Patriots are able to do with the big playmaker down the field. Gronk is gone, of course. And, uh, if you turn back to our last episode, when I had Jonathan Rifkin on, we talked about Nikhil Harry and that Patriots offense and how much we appreciated him, uh, coming out of Arizona state and watching him closely as we're PAC 12 guys and, uh, really, really stoked for his opportunity there. But unfortunately he did not come back around, but I wanted to mention that he went in the back of the seventh round, which, uh, I'm going to have to keep an eye on there, but Circling back we have Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, all in that eighth round. So pretty much all of your top quarterbacks are, are gone by the eighth round. Just make sure you keep that in mind. Um, subpar receivers all over the board, not really worried about that. Comes back around to the eighth, and I have Lamar Miller sitting on the board. I did pick him in the eighth round, back of the eighth round. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm not a super huge fan of Lamar Miller, but I always back these things up. Like I gave Russell Wilson shit last year. Um, I gave Doug Baldwin shit. I gave Cam Newton shit. It's not about the player all the time, although Doug Baldwin was was tough with his injury, and now, of course, he's retired. But it was more about the situation. Now, with Lamar Miller... It's a little bit of the player, <laughs> less about the situation that I'm not feeling him. I think the situation is golden. That's why I picked him in the eighth round to get a starting running back with seemingly no uh, competition to pair up with Zeke, Dalvin Cook, and Fournette. If one of those guys were to get hurt, to plug in another starting running back in the eighth round was insane. So super stoked. I got great value here, but he's certainly risky. But other than Deontay Foreman, who is still yet to be a hundred percent after a torn Achilles. Miller doesn't really have any competition, as I mentioned. So he saw 10 targets in the wild card game against the Colts to end the season, which could be a nice sign coming forward in the passing game. He definitely has hands. He is athletic. Uh, he was a great player at Miami. So he has the ability to do it. He's just inconsistent. And I really, really like the Houston offense. I really love uh, Deshaun Watson and all the receivers. And I think he's just a product of the scheme, which I like a lot. So I went and pulled the trigger uh, with Lamar Miller here in the eighth um Let's see the eighth round and he is the ECR 28 running back and the ADP 31 running back and ADP has him at the sixth round. I got him in the eighth. So I was very, very stoked about that. And again, a lot of times with these things, you have to pick up value. And when you can find value on the board, such as a starting running back, then you jump on it in the eighth round. Let's get into the ninth pick. Oh man, blazing through this! So, in the ninth pick, I went with Kiki Q T. So I went back to back Houston Texans. I just mentioned how I appreciate the offense with Deshaun Watson. I love Duke Hopkins, of course. I love Will Fuller, and I like Kiki Q T as well. I had to double up on that. Kiki Q T um, is has huge upside. I think if he can stay healthy, I could have gone Anthony Miller here, um, but I'm not sure how the roles are going to shake out in Chicago. But I do think that Miller is going to jump Robinson as the wide receiver one for the Bears. I'll get to my bold predictions at another time, but that is certainly one of them. Kiki QT saw 15 targets, 11 receptions, and 109 yards in week four. And he saw 14 targets, 11 receptions, and 110 yards in a touchdown in the wildcard game versus Indianapolis. Of course, that was without Will Fuller when he got hurt. Kiki QT and Will Fuller only played four games together last year, but with most of the attention going to Hopkins, I think Kiki QT can really flourish with Fuller taking off the top of the defense with most of his routes down the field and Nuke really just garnering two people at all times. Kiki QT I think can uh, run the rest of the, uh, run the rest of the field and the Texans last couple of years with uh, Watson have not used the tight end too much. They do in the, in the red zone for sure. uh, Occasionally but not so much in between the 20s. So I really like uh, Kiki QT. I think he'll actually have more receptions than um, Will Fuller. I don't know if he'll have more yards because Will Fuller has those huge plays, but I do think Kiki QT is going to have more targets and more yardage, uh, or excuse me, more um, catches and more targets uh, for Will Fuller there. He is the ECR 40, ADP 50 wide receiver, and ADP has him in the 11th round. So I got him in the ninth. It's a little bit of a reach. I will admit to that. But if I'm looking around the landscape here, I could have gone Anthony Miller, which I feel good about. But the next couple receivers that went off the board, Robert Foster, Dante Moncrief, Marquise Lee, uh, Kenny Stills, James Washington. um, Some of these guys, uh, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys. Not really feeling that. I wanted the upside of QT. I think if he stays healthy, he could be an absolute beast. So I pulled the trigger on him. Wrap around to pick number 10. Pick number 10, I went with uh, Michael Gallup, and I am not super stoked on this pick, and when I actually went through the draft and I was kind of recapping things, this is probably the one pick that I'm not terribly unhappy with, but... It's one pick that maybe I would have gone another direction. Andy Isabella uh, was still available. I could potentially have gone for him. Zay Jones is kind of up in the air, but he's maybe a high upside guy. There's also Tyrell Williams, um, DK Metcalf at this point, but I just... I think that Dak is going to take a big step up. I think he's about to get paid big money, and I think he's about to take a big step up. Amari Cooper changed that entire offense in Dallas last year. I've already got Zeke, who is going to be the focal point of the offense, of course, but he's going to you know bring up those safeties and linebackers, and I think that Michael Gallup kind of quietly had a nice rookie season last year, and I think he can um, potentially pick it up This year, uh, being a nice number two option with uh, Cole Beasley now out of town. Jason Witten's going to be a factor coming back out of the booth over the middle of the field, but I do like uh, Gallup on the outside there. So reached a little bit for uh, Michael Gallup. He's an ECR 45, but um, I did like this here. Uh, James Washington and Geronimo Allison were chosen right before me on this pick, so I would have grabbed one of those guys, but I do like the uh, Dallas offense, and so I went with the upside of... Michael Gallup. And realistically, he's my one, two, three. He's my fourth receiver. So um, if he breaks out, I've got him late. If he doesn't, not a huge deal. I can move on from there. This is kind of the point of the draft where you start making some upside calls to see if, you know, in the next, let's see, I'm in a big league, so I'm on pick 10. In the next um, five picks, we'll say, because one of them's defense, one of them's kicker. In the next five picks, I'm going to go all upside. And if those guys, if if two of those guys pan out, I could potentially have some weak and maybe late season league winners. So I like that upside play there. Let's move into my pick number 11. We're wrapping around here. So I got Michael Gallup at the end of the 10th. We're going to wrap around Ronald Jones and Kareem Hunt. Went back to back to end round 10. I like that pick uh, for Kareem Hunt. Um, of course, on on field uh, football stuff only here on the podcast. Um, but I like Kareem Hunt there as a player. He's, of course, sitting out the first eight games. But he will come back and they will use him. Um, I love uh Nick Chubb I think he is going to be a monster for the first half of the season but let's not fool yourself Um, Kareem Hunt is very very talented and we saw what he did in Kansas City I like him a lot and you know Dorsey was the one that drafted him in in Kansas City he's now with the Cleveland Browns they're going to use Kareem Hunt at some point Duke Johnson might even still get traded or maybe in the middle of the season once Kareem Hunt's about to come back and they don't need that insurance anymore. So kind of like that late round pick for Kareem Hunt. If he was there in the 11th, I probably would have picked him, but he was drafted there. David Njoku, Andy Isabella went after him. So I went with uh, Royce Freeman here, former Duck. Got to have some love love for my Ducks. Uh, beginning of the 11th round, I like this pick a lot, actually. Um, he's the number 37 ECR running back, number 40, ADP running back, and uh, usually he's going in the ninth round, the first pick of the ninth round for ADP right now, and that's pretty much because Philip Lindsey is out of the picture as of right now with offseason wrist injury uh, and surgery, so I think a lot of the general public are just, you know, not worrying about philip Lindsay so much so i think once we get closer to the season and we know that philip Lindsay might be okay to play which he may or may not but you know royce freeman might fall a little bit but to get him in the 11th round i thought was a steal um and basically with Lindsay questionable for otas and the preseason i think this is a great pick if you're in drafts i don't draft until a month away from the season, absolute earliest. I like to do it, honestly, the last two weeks of the preseason right before the season, but if you're drafting right now guys like Royce Freeman that you can get in the 11th round, that's insane. I mean, if he becomes the starting running back in that offense or if if, uh, Lindsey gets hurt for any reason, again, you have a starting running back and a run-first offense that I think could really um, be... You know, potentially a league winner. Uh, let's not forget, I'm I'm biased, of course, because he he went to uh, the U of O, which uh, I went to as well, and I live here in Eugene, so I got to see Royce Freeman up and up and close and personal. But he's fourth all time in collegiate rushing yards, all time. Uh, dude's a beast, and I really really like what he's doing. He's a bigger back, uh, very good compliment to Philip Lindsay, But let's not fool ourselves. You know, Joe Flacco's not going to be winning them too many games. Drew Locke's not going to be ready just yet. So I really think they're going to be reliant on the run and Phillip Lindsay may not be able to take a full workload again. So I like Royce Freeman a lot. Let's go into my 12th pick here, circling back around a bunch of running backs go off the board. I'm pretty good at running back at this point, And actually, uh, some receivers went off the board as well here. Um, and coming back around, I was actually excited about maybe DK Metcalf, Deshaun Hamilton or Antonio Calloway coming to me, but all of those guys actually got picked in the 12th round. So I went with Paris Campbell, who I'm actually also pretty stoked about. Paris Campbell is the number 65 ECR receiver right now, which is way low. So I may have reached, according to the expert consensus ranking, I may have reached here for Paris Campbell, but I like it a lot. He's the ADP 49 receiver, so. Huge difference there between ECR and ADP. Once again, ADP is like the average draft position. So that's kind of the general public. That's where people are drafting them and the computer, you know, keeps generating the average of where they're getting picked. And the ECR is the expert consensus ranking, which is experts all throughout the fantasy industry who are ranking these guys and the average comes out of that. So the average of the experts has Paris Campbell, um let's see 14 positions lower than the public drafting him. So you gotta kind of, you know, monitor this stuff. That's why I wrote down the ADP. That's why I wrote down the ECR so you can pay attention to this stuff. I like Paris Campbell a lot actually. Um he's going in the eleventh round in drafts, beginning of the eleventh round, and I got him at the end of the 12th round, which I like a lot. He's got four three speed and is a great compliment to T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck in what I think is the most potent offense in the AFC. Yes, that includes the Chiefs um, and the Steelers. I think that the Colts this year uh, have the most potent offense in the AFC. And honestly, the number two most potent offense, in my opinion, is their divisional foes, the Houston Texans. So I like this a lot. I think this is another guy who could potentially win your league late in the season if he gets... um, If he gets that opportunity or if T.Y. goes down, which he's actually been surprisingly reliable. It seems like T.Y. Hilton is he feels injury prone because he's hurt every week, (laughs) but he does actually play the games usually. Um, But if he were to go down, Paris Campbell potentially comes in to be a number one receiver. Now he's a rookie, so we'll pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to be a number one receiver if Hilton goes down, but if Hilton goes down, he's going to have to be the number one receiver. I don't think it's going to be Funchess. I don't want to hear about Funchess. I think Paris Campbell by that time could uh, definitely make it happen. Great receiver, great route runner. And as I said, very fast, uh, 4.3 speed and uh, with Andrew Luck. So I love that pick very much at the back of the 12th round. A couple more picks here in the 13th round. I'm again, looking at deep dart throws here. I picked up Debo Samuel. Um, Mike Davis, Jack Doyle, Kyler Murray, and Ryan Switzer went off the board for the four picks in between Paris Campbell and Debo Samuel. For me, Debo Samuel is strictly a home run play. Uh, He's a home run guy that I'm thinking might happen in a wide receiver core for the 49ers that has Marquise Goodwin, who's missed a handful of games, both personal and for injury over the years. Trent Taylor coming off a significant injury. Um, they have Dante Pettis, who I absolutely love, but I'm not sure he's necessarily a number one, number one. Uh, George Kittle is, I think, the top option there. He's a beast, of course, but Debo Samuel is a legit, um, legit top top uh, tier wide receiver, in my opinion. Again, ECR has him at 77. ADP has him at 57, so the experts have him 20 uh, spots less than the general public, but I got him at about the correct ADP from where he's going. I wrote down the ADP, by the way, I wrote down the ADP after I made this draft on purpose so that I wasn't drafting according to ADP. Um, I just want to see where I sat versus the general public. So I was able to balance these a little bit, but I got, um, I got him basically where he's getting drafted with the ADP. He's getting, uh, Debo Samuel's getting drafted, Uh, With the fifth pick in the 13th round, and I got him as the third pick in the 13th round, so pretty much spot on there. He's a wide receiver depth play, as I mentioned, um, and wide receivers were running thin, so I like to pile up on those guys later on. If Jimmy Garoppolo becomes any shade of um, like a Matt Ryan we've seen in the the, uh, Shanahan offense, and Jimmy can stay healthy and put up those big numbers in that offense. I think Debo Samuel is going to be a direct result of that. So I like it very, very much. And uh, I'll take a dart throw on him in the 13th round. Circling back around in the 14th round, this is where I wanted to get my backup quarterback. And I had all sorts of guys who I was looking forward to having. Um, And basically the last couple of picks, there were no, let's see, between the 9th and the 12th round, No quarterbacks were drafted. So by the time I got to the 13th round, everybody had their first quarterback. One or two people had a backup, but most second-tier, third-tier quarterbacks were still available with this draft-late strategy with QBs now that's taking over fantasy football. So I knew that I was going to be able to get somebody I, I like. Kyler Murray was the first one off the board Honestly, I probably wouldn't have drafted him anyway. I just don't know. With a brand-new coach, a rookie quarterback, a brand-new system, a shitty offensive line, I think he's going to be awesome in general. But I don't want him as my backup quarterback right now. Later in the season, waiver wire pickup, if he's killing it, absolutely. Draft season, not necessarily. So a bunch of other guys went off the board, though, but I was confident I could grab somebody. So all of the guys that were available um, were Philip Rivers, Uh, Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, Dak Prescott, Ben Roethlisberger, and Lamar Jackson. Mitch Trubisky, Dak Prescott, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers all went off the board before my pick. So I was basically choosing in my rankings Lamar Miller, or I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I decided to go with Lamar Jackson. Um, I know it's a run-first offense. I know he didn't do shit through the passing game last year. I know that Josh Allen is on the up and he's got a huge arm. So does Lamar Jackson. I made this claim last week uh, with Jonathan on the AFC breakdown of the NFL draft. If you'd like to hear about the AFC and the NFC breakdowns of the NFL draft, please um, go back in our episodes, the last two. And check those out. A um, lot of a lot of collegiate information. Jonathan uh, is a senior writer at the University of Oregon, so he's more on the collegiate uh, collegiate side of things. So he had a lot of information with these uh, players coming in as rookies. And what we were mentioning is. With them getting Marquise Brown and with them getting Lamar Jackson in his second year now. Let's not forget he won a Heisman Trophy uh, and he was, you know, in the running for another one at Louisville. So he can throw the ball. He can clearly run the ball very well. I like Josh Allen a lot. I'm not super stoked on the overall team with the Bills. I'd rather have the team with the uh, Ravens who are going to be sucking people up front with the running back and the running position and be able to take the top off potentially with Marquise Brown um, down uh, down the field there. So I like Lamar Jackson. I think he and Josh Allen are a coin flip, honestly. I just chose Lamar Jackson. Um, I like him a lot. I was really, really high on him last year. I made a crazy call that he and Baker Mayfield would would be QB1s from the time that they took over, and I was correct there. So I like Lamar Jackson a lot. Don't dislike Josh Allen, but I picked Lamar Jackson in the 14th round. Um, basically I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, <laughs> I'm a 49er fan. I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, ashamed about that. Uh, I know they've been pretty horrible the last couple of years, but, um, I was born in the Bay and I'm a 49er guy, but I'm not into Jimmy Garoppolo. I just am not into this super, uh, super, um, you know, fantasy world that, that he's, uh, he's so handsome that he's going to take us to the promised land. I just, for some reason, don't see it. I actually like Nick Mullins more than him. And I know that's, that's insane. You can, you know, DM me or, you know, blast me online if you want to, but I just think they're the same quarterback, honestly. And we paid a shit ton of money for Jimmy Garoppolo and we had Nick Mullins the whole time. So that's another story, but I'm not into that. So I went with Lamar Jackson in the 14th round. Three more picks here, get through them quickly. In the 15th round, circling back, I uh, picked up my defense. Um, Everybody in, or most people in the industry, I I shouldn't say everybody uh, everybody anytime because there's always outliers, but most people in the industry will tell you if you're playing defense, if you're playing kicker, to do both of them in your last two picks. I have been on record on this podcast multiple times of saying if you're in a competitive league, where it matters that you have a defense if the scoring is big, or if you're in a kicker league where you get bonus points for the kickers who have a huge leg and can get 50-yard kicks. It is not a terrible idea this late in a draft. I'm in the 15th round, 16th, 17th round. These are all shots in the dark anyway with skill position players at this point. My entire roster is pretty much full. I have one more skill position left that I can fill up anywhere I want, and I have a defense and a kicker to get still. I decide to go with my defense ahead of time. The Bears were the only defense that was picked in the 13th round. No other defenses were picked yet. Coming back in the 15th round, I knew that with my third pick in the 15th round was going to be my last choice to get a top-end defense because coming all the way back, it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 19 picks until my next choice Um, I would have had a lot of defenses go. So I chose the Rams as my number two defense. They're ECR number 13, uh, ADP number two. I like them as the number two. They're, they're beastie. Um, And I think they're going to be able to eat on this Niners and this, uh, this uh, they're in their division. I think they'll be able to do well. I also really, really like the chargers um, defense. I think they're also a top three defense for me, but I went with the Rams here after that. One, actually, this is interesting. The Bears, and then I picked the Rams. After that, here's the order of defenses that went before my next pick. The Dolphins, number three. Dolphins, number three defense. Jaguars, Ravens, Vikings, Chargers, Texans, Browns, Broncos. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight defenses went after me. I'm glad I picked ahead of time because I would have had to basically choose between the Saints, the Bills, and anybody else. I wasn't feeling that. I'm glad I got the Rams early. I have my next skill position. So I went ahead and I went with Quincy Anunwa, which I know is not a sexy pick. He's ECR number 62. He's just ahead of Paris uh, Campbell. He's not even ranked on the ADP side of things. But I went with Quincy Inunua. He had two games last year of at least 16 fantasy points and was Darnold's top target when Robbie Anderson went out for the year. I'm sorry, he didn't go out for the year, but when he was out, when he was suspended uh, and injured. Uh, Crowder now into town uh, in from Washington for the Jets. Uh, he will most likely take over in the slot, which puts Anunwa on the outside where he struggled last year. So I don't like that too much, but I do like the upside in general as Crowder has also battled injuries. So if Quincy Anunua gets a position where Robbie Anderson or uh, Crowder go down with legal trouble and or injuries, um, I could see Quincy Anunua fitting back into that slot which he where he flourished last year and really... Uh, um Sam Darnold rode him for two, three weeks last year when he was when they started actually letting him throw the ball. I think Sam Darnold will take a nice uh step up. I like Quincy Noah to follow him. Again, I'm in the sixteenth round. So if Quincy one doesn't do shit for two weeks, I drop him, pick up some other hot commodity, no big deal. But if somebody goes down or uh Quincy Noah starts to see some growth on the outside or move him back to the slot and put Crowder uh, on the outside. Then I really like this pick with Quincy anuma here in the 16th round. I think he's actually quite a bit of a sleeper this year, to be honest. So I was stoked to get him late. And my last pick was Harrison Butker, the kicker for the uh, Chiefs. Um, Zerline and Tucker were the first kickers. I got Harrison Butker. He is the ECR number three. I got him uh, as the third kicker off the board. And he's ADP number four. I like that pick a lot. Um I like my kickers and I knew that I had the uh, top pick in the kicker round of the very last round. I had a top three pick, so I wasn't worried about getting anybody too early in the 16th round. So I went with Harrison Butker and that is my team. I'll roll it out for you one more time here. My team roster final was uh, quarterback Baker Mayfield running back Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook and my wide receivers. This is a starting lineup. Um, hypothetically. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, wide receivers, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, tight end Evan Ingram, two flexes. My first, Leonard Fournette and Lamar Miller as my flexes. Those guys might be starting RB1s and RB2s on other teams. I have those two as my flex. Very excited about that. My DST, the Rams, my kicker, Butker. If you're going to play DST and kicker, make sure to get the top ones. I got a top three defense and a top three kicker. Uh, Very, very excited about that. And you want a kicker in an explosive offense, of course, and the Chiefs fit that, of course. My bench is looking like Kiki Cutie, Royce Freeman, Michael Gallup, Lamar Jackson, Quincy Anua, Paris Campbell, and Debo Samuel. So I have a handful of rookies in there. I've got some upside plays. I've got some dudes waiting in the wings in case anybody gets hurt. I am very, very excited about this team. When I ran the grades, uh, if you do this draft wizard via uh, Fantasy Pros, you run Um, They calculate your grades after they also give you a projected standings draft analysis team analysis final draft board and your team roster at the end. I got a 98 out of 100 a plus 98 out of 100 a plus according to the fantasy pros draft wizard. That is my highest draft grade from this year's mock drafts. I've only done three or four other mock drafts, which I have episodes for that you can tune back uh, a few weeks. I haven't done a mock draft in quite a while. I wanted to wait for the draft to happen and then get back into it with the rookies and everybody else falling into place. Very, very excited about this. Of course, an A plus is nice. Of course, a 98 out of 100 is, is cool to toot my own horn. It's not so much about that. It's more about Um, The fact that according to ADP and according to ECR, I was pretty much, I got a lot of steals, Uh, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, um, Baker Mayfield, even Lamar Miller for sure. uh, And guys like Lamar Jackson and Paris Campbell and Royce Freeman, who I personally think are going to be, you know, potentially huge, um, values this year, as well as uh, Kiki QT. I was super stoked on my draft. I don't really have any position where I panicked or I got a, uh, kind of a bunk play. I'm really stoked on everybody that I have on my roster, which is kind of unusual for mock drafts. So stoked on that. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just mentioning, um, that the first one after I was, I was pumped on it. And you know, the, the bias to the mock draft of course is, is according to a lot of different factors, but I'm not always drafting best player available. I'm not always drafting according to how they want you to. I took a defense around earlier than everybody else. I picked a, a backup quarterback um, in the 14th round when I had three rounds to go. You know, I picked a lot of uh, rookie receivers to end the draft there. So it's it's nice to know that I was so kind of top heavy uh, with the value I got with Zeke as the third pick, Dalvin Cook as the back of the second round, and then Mike Evans and Fournette. That helped a lot, of course, but really, really stoked on this draft. I'll have more mock drafts coming up. So make sure you stay tuned uh, to those. And if any of you uh, want to comment on the Instagram post for this, please help me out and let me know what you think my good picks were, what my, my bad picks you disagree with, who you uh, may have taken instead at that time. I, I rolled down most of the picks um, around that area. So I love your feedback all the time. So thank you so much for paying attention here and, and tuning into the podcast. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us your fantasy questions heading into 2019 to tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at tckpod underscore fantasy football, Twitter at tck underscore pod or Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. If you've gotten any value from this podcast at all, please give us a rate and review and give us a like and a follow on the socials. It really does mean the world to us. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in.